How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Train Camp Podcast. First of all, uh, stay safe out there. I don't know if it's like you guys, but yeah, behind the camera, nothing but snow. I love it. I'm, I wish it wouldn't have come two months later than I would have liked it. Uh, I would have liked a white Christmas and a white December, but it was depressing as hell here in Utah. So yeah, now we're actually just completely dumped on. It hasn't stopped snowing and I think like almost 16 or 17 hours, something like that. So I love the snow, so I'm not that mad about it. I also have my training camp podcast hoodie, shout out to Parker, uh, to keep me warm. Genuinely wear this thing all the freaking time, so I love this. Parker, I know you're watching, thank you. I, li- I love this thing so much. It's literally my favorite. Um, so yeah, I have a quick question. Why is it every time after I'm done and the podcast gets uploaded, some like big breaking news hits? Why is that? <laughs> I'll be doing my, like, like last week I did the news of the week, and then like the biggest news of the week hit like the day after I recorded. So by the time I'm editing, I'm having to watch all these articles about the J.J. Watt situation. And I was like, God, really? So, so what I'm going to be doing is I'm gonna, we're going to try something new this week. I'm going to upload the podcast on a Thursday. JP recommended this in both the comments and when we were talking about it. Because on the weekend, there's so much content. A lot of time, for me especially, like I don't get to watch a lot of content during the week because I'm busy with school, work, Pocket, like just a bunch of stuff. At the weekend, it all kind of piles up and I can rewatch it. But again, there's so much stuff, I don't get around to everything. But if I put this on a Thursday, the nice thing about podcasts, you can put it on the background and you got to worry about, you know, like watching it all the time because yeah, I know I put up graphics, but you know, it's a very auditorial um, uh, show. It's a podcast. So, so this will be coming out on Thursday at noon. That's going to be Thursday, February 18th. So if you guys like that, let me know if you guys like that or if you guys prefer the Saturday recordings. Also, I'm trying to work out something for next week's show. Uh, lips sealed for that, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get something worked out for that. So I'm looking forward to if I can get that, get that set up. Anyway, let's hop into the news of the week, all right? So um, this isn't like big news, but it, it's it's relevant because it happened and it's new in the sporting world. Uh, the FCF, the Fan Control Football League, it kicked off last week uh, or over the weekend. I mean, it's cool, I guess. Um, I think the only league, in my opinion, that I just realized you like you guys can't really see the mic because the black on the black, so <laughs> or the logo. God, I don't think that through at all. Um, good thing it's an audio podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like the only league that's kind of been successful like as a side league so far in my opinion is the big three basketball league it hasn't happened in like a year just because of covid but i enjoyed watching the big three basketball league because you get to watch like old players just play and just kind of you know relive their memories and it's, it's a really fun thing to watch and you don't have to like pay attention to it the highlights you can watch and that's that's fun too uh, i don't see the fcf really lasting that long um, I think right now people are just kind of, there's not enough content. And so people are like, oh, let's give them a bunch of content at once. And this is one of those things. I think it's kind of cool because you're getting to see old players play again. Or like players that we may not, no, it's not really players we don't know. It's mainly players that like, we were familiar with. Uh, yeah, like obviously the headliner is Johnny Manziel. So I don't know. I'm not really going to watch it. If like there's some really big highlights, I'm sure like the Twitter, the Sports Editor Twitter, or the ESPN Twitter will tell me about it and I'll watch that. But I highly doubt I'll be doing a segment on the FCF a year from now about like, oh man, crazy how it's now the most beloved like of league in the world. So that's that. Um, uh, LeBron backed up the Draymond's criticism in the NBA. Love this. I agree 100%. Uh, I think, you know, in my opinion, the players basically, I know that basketball is a team sport, but the players run the league and you can't criticize, you can't not criticize a team when they trade a player, but then want to go and criticize a player when they want to be traded. Um, I don't know. I just think 
like the Kevin Durant situation pissed me off because yeah, like he technically went to a quote unquote easier situation, but then you look at James Harden who forced his way out and he, that's a bigger asshole move. Cause at least in like free agent, in um, free agency, like you get that choice. You're choosing, so it's all you. You're it, like the team doesn't pick it. When you're trading, when you have to, when you request a trade and you get trade to the team you want, you're essentially telling the team, like, yeah, I don't care where you trade me to. I will not play for the other. I will not play for any other team. So Houston could have got. I mean, Houston still got a good package from the Nets. Don't get me wrong. But like, Houston could have got some like way better. You never know. But Harden was like, nope, not the Nets. I want to go. So it, it just pisses me off that people didn't give Harden more flack for that, like how they did for Katie. I'm not saying Harden deserves flack. I'm just saying like, there's both. There's two sides to a coin here. So. If you're gonna criticize one person, you gotta kind of criticize the other one. So that, that's just the way I feel. Again, I don't think they deserve criticism. I'm just saying, please just stay consistent. If you hate a player, then just say you hate the player. Uh, I think that's what just like a lot of people hated the KD situation because they just hated the player because he was beloved in Oklahoma. And then I was like, oh, now he's an asshole. We saw that happen with LeBron. So yeah, so that's my like just quick like 30 second thought on the whole Draymond situation. I agree with Draymond 100%. And I'm glad that other players, I, th I think also Zach Levine, came out in uh, support for it too and a bunch of other players but lebron obviously being you know the number one in the league for, for everything uh came out supporting him too love that next for those of you don't know i don't know how you don't know i'm a Steelers fan and literally as i was setting up the podcast a report comes out that our gm Steelers gm mr colbert who i have a lot of respect for because he's drafted us so many good players and he's been with the team for so long has not committed to ben for next season hello he threw for 34 touchdowns last year and 10 interceptions. We were 11-0 until Randy Fichtner got his ego boosted for some reason, and we started sucking. Ben was not the problem. Piss! Can we not piss off the one dude who literally just came out a week or two ago and was like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get paid for this for this next season. I will give up my entire contract. He obviously can't do that because the minimum that he can give up is 22, or the maximum he can give up is 22 million dollars, which is half of his contract because we have to pay him 22 million no matter what. But like he said, he'd give up his contract. That's awesome. Why aren't we committing to him? He didn't have a bad year. I will say I didn't like that Ben wasn't as mobile as he could have been. Like there were times he probably could have ran, but he didn't. But he had a good season. Dink and dunks aside, like he had a good season. I hate it. I hate people that don't watch the Steelers. They're like, oh, the but, oh, the but. Like, JP felt is a great prime example of this, and you know you are, because I know you're watching this. Is he was like, man, the Steelers, how are you guys, how are you guys losing? How are you guys, how, well, how do you complain? Like, even when we were 11 and all, I was like, this is, this is bad. We're not, this is, this is bad. And he's like, how are you bad? You're 11 and 0. And then he watched the game, he was like, oh, yeah, people don't know what they're talking about, and they just talk randomly about the Steelers. You can't just watch one or two primetime prime time games and think you know about the Steelers. No, no. You gotta see whatever we don't need to get into obligatory steel talk um the nets signed andre roberson speaking of james harden a little bit earlier uh, i think that's great one of the biggest things they're struggling with the nets right now is defense uh literally any good any center not even just any good center any center is just dominating them i know deandre Aiden didn't have a great game last night but like Hassan Whiteside put up like what 25 and 13 and five blocks or something like that against them. Hassan Whiteside, who's averaging like 14 points a game or something like that, did that to the Nets. If you don't know my trade, just go watch any of the other podcasts or the video because I have the perfect trade. Works for everybody. Why not? But so yeah, I think the Andrew signing is really good. It's not the position they need, but defense is really, really important for them right now. And that could be really helpful off the bench if they need it late in game. Um, the Panthers are becoming the favorites to land Deshaun Watson right now because the report came out that they're willing to trade Christian McCaffrey. Uh, wow, okay. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater probably involved in that trade as well, as well as a bunch of firsts. So 
Houston's not really like I guess they're getting if, if that happens they get a quarterback and a running back I would personally I would just love to see Deshaun Watson with a good running back for first time in his career um so I think seeing Deshaun with Christian McCaffrey would be fun I also don't really want Deshaun to go to Carolina because like Brady is going to be in that division and like I feel like they're probably going to dominate it next year I don't know that's just like an early season expectation so I don't know I kind of want to see like that's why I kind of like Deshaun going to the Jets I know that that Josh Allen's there with the Bills and like Miami's there too but I just feel like that like Carolina has a good foundation the Jets don't and I want to see Deshaun I guess we have seen Deshaun work with bad foundations in Houston okay whatever that so yeah Carolina is quickly become the favorites to land Deshaun Watson because they're putting Chris McCaffrey on the table um and the last part of news of the week the Browns are currently like the hot like I guess one of the rising teams for JJ Watt um a report came out that said he's interested in the Browns so let's take this into the first segment of the show JJ Watt like I said right after <laughs> right after I recorded last week's pod Report comes out, the JJ Watt gets released. And I was like, really? You couldn't, or like, you couldn't release this before or even just like during the podcast and I could have a live reaction? You couldn't do that? Really? So that sucked. But now I can finally talk about it. Um, yeah, no, I, I think like it makes sense. You, you, people are like, well, why don't they just trade or release Deshaun Watson? Because you can get a plethora of stuff for Deshaun Watson. I don't know why they, they're like, we're not going to trade him, whatever. But um, no, yeah, I think this is probably best for JJ Watt. He's later in his career, so he's probably, in my opinion, he's probably going to go to a contender. Um, for, for me, I think, okay, so right as of right now, the three favorites to land him are the Steelers, the Packers, and the Bucks. I'm not sure in that order. I think Pittsburgh is still number one. I think that's, I think that's the order. Last time I checked, those were the odds. Um, I think the best fits for him and, like, the teams that could use him the most, I think the Packers are number one. I think if there was a team that, like, yes, he should go there, it benefits both sides greatly. I think the Packers are the team that he should go to because they have problems stopping the run. I know JJ's older, but he still not only just has knowledge, so he can like he can train uh, the younger guys, give him some of his knowledge. But he's a three-time defensive player of the year, and he got MVP votes for a reason. Like that doesn't just fall off a cliff. I think one thing that has been showing in Houston is like <laughs> the players, besides like JJ and Deshaun, weren't giving it their all. So JJ had no help. Um, I think it'd be really, really good to put him on that front on that front seven. That would help him out a lot. Uh, obviously, we all, we all know that the secondary for the Packers isn't really the issue. I know Kevin King had his problems in the NFC Championship game, but that was a one-time thing for the most part. Um, but it's really their front seven just stopping the run that's been their problem. I mean, you, almost every running back, except for Derrick Henry, thank the—I'm not mad. I'm thankful because that helped me win my fantasy championship. Um, but yeah, every running back basically just dominated on the— uh, Packers front seven and that's been the like that's what's been happening the past two years so also Aaron Rodgers is probably kind of pissed that they haven't gotten to Super Bowl they've been to the NFC Championship both two years in a row both going 13 and three so <laughs> probably want to make that man happy if you want to make anyone happy uh, and, and also JJ's from Wisconsin originally so he'd be, he'd be going home and I think I think it's just best for everybody um, another team I could see him going to um, is I mean it's the Chiefs they can't really afford him but I don't like I said, I don't think JJ's contract's gonna be big no matter where he signs. It'll probably just be like a 1.5, 1.2 million dollar contract. He's not really in front of the money. He's made his money. He lived in Texas. There's no state income tax there. Mans has made his money. Uh, probably an incentive-based contract just based on how he performs. But I think the Chiefs would make sense too. I mean, their defense isn't horrible. Like it's not. 
I mean, the Packers defense isn't horrible either, but they both have their issues. I don't really think the Chiefs' issue is the run defense. That's more the secondary, like, corners. Um, and I'm not really going to consider Tyron Matthew to be secondary because he plays kind of like Jamal Adams. He's like a hit. He's like a yeah, he's kind of a hybrid guy. So, yeah, I guess I guess Tyron Matthews like the only bright side on that secondary for Kansas City. But, like, again, I don't think that the Chiefs need him as much as other teams do because if Chris Jones is good up, up front, they have some good linebackers too. Um, for me, I just think the Chiefs need secondary. I just think that that might happen because the Chiefs are always going to be in contention for a Super Bowl. And so J.J. might just be like, yeah, go there. I don't blame him for ring chasing. He's this old. He's put in. He's given his life to Houston. I think, you know, it's – Every, no one no one should give him crap if he goes to an easily contending team. That's why the Bucks are on there. Uh, my thought on the Bucks, like I think it's just a situation like, why not? <laughs> Again, the Bucks are it's the same situation as the Chiefs. Like they don't really need him, but he can probably easily go to a Super Bowl and possibly even win one if he goes there. Um, yeah, I think the Dominican Sue's under contract for one more year, and he even just came out and said, "I'm not done. Like I still want to play a couple more years." And uh, Shaq, Shaq Barrett, I think, is actually – I think his contract might be up. So, again, maybe they lose him and they want to sign J.J. for cheap. So, I mean, I could see it happening definitely. I just don't think it's the best fit for me. Like, the best fit for both parties is 100% Green Bay. It's funny. As a Steeler fan, like, I'd like I'd like him to come to Pittsburgh because it would be really, really cool to see him play with both of his brothers, which is why I think that's the reason the Steelers are the number one favorite to land him right now. It's just like, yeah, it would be cool to go play with your brothers. But, like – like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Adding J.J. Watt would be super cool, but if we retain Bud Dupree, which I think we will, and everyone else is under contract on that front seven, like Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, uh, T.J. T.J.'s contract, yeah, T.J.'s contract isn't up yet, uh, but T.J. We get Devin Bush next season, back next season. Uh, Robert Spillane comes back. Uh, uh, Highsmith's coming off the edge as well off his rookie year. Like we have a good team. So, I mean, unless they're just going to do, like, a rotation so players don't get as fatigued as much, I would like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, would I like having J.J. Watt on the team? Yeah, I think, again, he could also teach our younger guys uh, a lot of stuff about just the position, and he could probably also help his brother. I think it would be really cool. But at the same time, I'm just like, if we don't get him, I'm not going to be heartbroken. It's not a situation where well, I, I'm just going to I'm gonna pull out the camera and be like, we didn't sign J.J. Like, no, nah, I'd be cool. Um I just don't think it's the best. I don't think Pittsburgh's the best fit. I think it'd be really, really cool though because you'd be playing on a team with both your. But I think it'd probably be the first time in NFL history to have three brothers on the same team. Um, we'd have three brothers and then two other brothers with the Evan brothers. That's really funny. But no, I mean, again, I, the one team though, I will say this: there's one team that kind of needs to sign him, in my opinion. That like they really they should go after him, and if they don't at least make a bid then you're going to see one player in this organization really pissed off. That's the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson has got no help. They need defense, and they need O-line. And if they don't get J.J. Watt to fix their defensive problems, now I will say, the acquisition of Jamal Adams and the acquisition of, I always want to say Geno Atkins, but it's uh, Carlos Dunlap, helped their team for the second half of the season. They got better, but they weren't great. They were good. They weren't great. You cannot have Russell Wilson carrying the seat. Could you imagine first first half of the season, Russell Wilson with a good defense? That team would be so good. And so if you want J.J., that's helping up your front seven. And then that way, if you sign him before for agency hits, you can draft some secondary players. That would help you guys out. And if you don't do that, if if you guys – I'm hoping you guys have at least offered something to him because if it comes out, you guys can offer it, you guys can possibly wish Russell Wilson bye-bye because that will piss 
him off so hard. I wouldn't blame him either. And it's funny because after last week and I released like, oh, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. It's sounding more and more like Russell Wilson might be traded, which is crazy. Um, See, so yeah, I think the Seahawks definitely, they, they like, they need to make Russell Wilson happy. And uh, just put in a bid, guys. Even just, just put in and be like, we'll sign you, we'll offer you a million dollars. Just like put in a crap bid. But that way it, you can't say you didn't try. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think Seattle should put in an offer. I I do think the Steelers will put an offer. I think the Buccaneers will put an offer. I think, like, all the teams that I've named, I think they'll put in offers. But I don't know where he'll go. I'd like to sit, like to sit here and say, I think he'll go to blank. But I have no idea. Um, I just, for me, I think the best place for him and for a team to get him is the Packers. Um, if I had to honestly say, like, number two, I would probably say the Seattle is a good for both, both fits because he'd get his playing time and they need him. Uh, but that's, like... The Packers, and then it's like, ooh, Seattle. <laughs> um, with the Browns report, I don't buy it. The, I don't know. I just think that's teams trying to, like, teams or agents trying to drive up his value a little bit. But I, I just don't see him going to Cleveland, unless maybe he wants to play against his brothers twice a year. But um, Cleveland is kind of the same situation with Pittsburgh. It's like they don't really need him. Uh, and But, I mean, the Offering him like seven, eight million dollars is something Cleveland would do. We've seen it happen before. It was like when they offered Austin Hooper much money. Not saying Austin Hooper's not talented, but just like you had a guy in David Njoku, and you, when you signed Austin Hooper, you didn't really even use him. So why offer him all this money? So like it wouldn't surprise me if he did end up going to Cleveland, but I don't buy it really that much at all. Just because it's like yeah, we hear this all the time. Oh, Cleveland's interested, and then even when they do land players, they're just completely overpaid. So. Yeah, I don't really buy that. I would like to see him in in, in uh, Green Bay, though. I would like to see – I just feel bad for Aaron Rodgers, man. He's so good, and his organization's done literally nothing for him. So uh, I think that would be kind of like the, the building block of helping out that organization and maybe getting back to a third NFC Championship in a row and maybe actually this time getting to the Super Bowl. Um, in the next segment, I'm going to talk about a team that kind of also links to JJ, but it's a team that I think – could be a surprise team next year if they do. I'm gonna try and fix them. You'll see. You'll see next next segment, and then also we got But I Mean coming up. Stick around for that, guys. Hmm. Welcome back to Train Camp Podcast. If you guys missed it last segment, we of course talked about the news of the week, and I also talked about my thoughts on the JJ Watt release and where I think he'll go in for agency. And also within the minute that I uh, had a break in between the first leg and the second leg, it started snowing even harder. So. Thank you, Utah. Really appreciate it. Can't wait for it to be 70 degrees tomorrow and sunny. Um, so I kind of teased this. I was like, all right, there's a team that I think I can fix. We just got to do a couple things, and then they can surprise everybody next season. And what if I told you a team that went 8-8 eight and eight last year could maybe win minimum 10 games up to maybe like 13-14? Maybe even win a division. That has a team that no one thinks can be topped in that division right now. What if I told you this team is just a quarterback and a defensive player away? What if I told you this team somehow reached 8-8 eight and eight with a dog shit quarterback? And what if I told you this team was getting desperate and they don't want to be dead? I'm, of course, talking about the Chicago Bears. The Bears have gone, they okay. 
with their defense and somehow with Mitchell Trubisky in the past three years have been bad. Don't get me wrong. But they haven't been like dog shit, like just absolute dog shit. They made the playoffs two out of the last three years. Somehow last year, I don't know how. Chip, congratulations, bud. But obviously, they didn't offer Mitch Trubisky his fifth year uh, option. And they're having issues. Like, I don't know, their star wide receiver doesn't want to come back. Why? Because probably because their quarterback throwing to him sucks ass and they haven't had a good one in so long. Um, so here's, here's, here's how you guys fix this. J.J. Watt's available. His wife happens to play soccer in Chicago. Your defense is already great. Why not make it better? Your defense already has been the reason you guys have had your success. And your defense has to face Aaron Rodgers twice a season. And also has to face Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen twice a season. Are you happy, Austin, that I mentioned them? Um, so, yeah. And they have to face Jared Goff and... Uh, who else on that team? <laughs> DeAndre Swift, twice a season. Besides the point, why not make your defense even better? Also, this is this okay. I don't want this to happen because I think the best fit for Carson Wentz is Indianapolis because of Frank Reich and that whole situation. But right now, Indianapolis is pausing all their trade talks with Philly because Philly's asking for so freaking much. And guess who's desperate enough to give it to Philadelphia? Of course, it's Chicago. Like, they need a quarterback so bad because they bombed on the last one. And honestly, I don't know why Nat Nagy's on the hot seat. He won Coach of the Year, like, what, two years ago? And he's somehow leading this team to so many wins with Mitchell Trubisky, a quarterback. So I don't think he should be on the hot seat. I think the GM, Ryan Pace, should be on the hot seat because he hasn't made that many moves aside from, like, the Khalil Mack trade. I don't even know if that was him that made that trade. I think that was his first season or one of his first seasons as the GM. I could be wrong. Um, but, like, I, okay, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to just make a reality world here for a second. Again, Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis makes sense because Frank Reich is one of the reasons that uh, Carson Wentz had success with the Eagles. Now, the rumors with the Bears, I think I, I don't know – if the Bears could be good with Carson Wentz. But if 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 Matt Nagy was able to win eight games last season with Mitchell Trubisky, this should have been a but I mean. This is this should have been a but I mean. This is essentially a whole segment for but this is essentially a whole segment for one but I mean. But it's just like, why can't they win 10 to 13 games with Carson Wentz? Carson I would possibly take Carson Wentz in a better situation above Mitchell. Like I I think that if Mitchell Trubisky or Carson Wentz, if they both had like a season with that Eagles team last year, I think Carson Wentz probably wins like one or two, maybe three more games. So like, why why can't Carson Wentz help them win a couple more games? So yeah, I mean, you had also like just other things. Tariq Cohen went out with an injury last season. Um, he missed, I think, all but two games. Dave Montgomery for the second half of the season came alive, finally became the player that they were expecting him to be. Um they also have the two promising uh, offensive weapons in Darnell Mooney, who they drafted, and also Cole Komet. And I know Jimmy Graham's probably not. I don't know if he's going to return for another season. If he does, he's probably going to fall down in the depth chart, even though he played pretty good towards the end of the season. Um, so, like, they have the weapons. And if you get a better quarterback and one who's, like, actually had a good season in his career, um, 
even though it was a long ass time ago and it was an ACL goes, well, we're not going to talk about that right now because we're in a reality bubble. <laughs> um, you get another quarterback, you're probably able to convince Allen Robinson to come back. And if not, maybe there's other wide receivers who want to go there. Maybe Ken Galladay's like, I do want an NFC North title, but the Lions have Jared Goff, who I used to like a lot. And now it's with the Lions system and I'm not going to talk about it. Um it's so like maybe you can get a Kenny Galladay or maybe a Juju Smith-Schuster. Like there's other wide receiver options you can get. I think they should retain Allen Robinson because, again, if he was able to succeed with Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky, it'd be really interesting to see him with Carson Wentz. I think it'd be really interesting to see Carson Wentz with a healthy healthy receiver for an entire season. That would be wild. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and you just it becomes more, more uh, appealing to certain free agent players. Not only Chicago, just like where the Bears play from, but it's one of the heart and soul cities of – uh, the NFL and also just the U.S. If you, it's, it it kind of stacks up with like L.A. and New York in that in that aspect and kind of Dallas within the NFL world. Um, but yeah, so if you want to if you want to like advertisements and if you want to build your own personal brand, Chicago's a good place to do it. So it's a good free agency point, uh, good free agency location at that point. And they also have a lot of younger players, so they have the cast space to do it and sign a couple more players if you want to boost that offensive line a little bit. Um, like I said, I think Carson Wentz, like the best place for him is Indianapolis, but if the Bears really want to make this work, and the, if they really do end up landing Carson Wentz, why not also get J.J. Watt, help the defense out a little bit, and bing, bang, boom, bong, you already possibly got a better team than last season. I'm just saying. It could work. Um, yeah, it was just it was something I was thinking about uh, a couple days ago. I was like, the Bears, because it was coming out that the Bears were like one of the higher teams on Carson Wentz, which again makes sense. They're probably gonna end up giving up like a first for him, which is so overpaid. If oh my god, if Carson Wentz gets a first, the Deshaun Watson trade is just never gonna happen. It's just never gonna happen. Because like Matthew Stafford getting two firsts, I can and Jared Goff, I can like kinda understand that. Like it was still a little overpay. But if Carson Wentz gets a one, that means Sam Darnold will have to get a couple ones when he gets eventually moved, which means who knows God God knows what Deshaun Watson's gonna end up getting. So GG if the Bears do end up giving up a first-round pick. And if they do, you guys lost that trade. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think. Again, I just... You guys saw my quarterback carousel last week. The perfect place for Carson Wentz is Indianapolis. I think the... If I had to think what the Bears would do, it's a very Bears move. It's to trade for Marcus Mariota. Um, like maybe they... <laughs> what the Bears give up like a third... <laughs> Oh, I love Chicago. You guys never cease to make me laugh. You and Dallas. Love it. Um, so like I said, that was basically one of my but I means. So let's let's transition into the final segment of the show. Let's get into my but I means of the week. If you don't know what these are, this is a newer segment I've been doing ever since we came back. Uh, I just give three but I mean uh, takes. It's essentially like a hot take. You'll, you'll kind of catch on. So but I mean number one. I know they look bad. And I also know that they're not just looking bad, they're playing bad. And I know that their situation is bad. <laughs> but I mean, why can't the Milwaukee Bucks make a run and go back to the one seed in the East? Like, they're currently the three seed. When I'm recording this, they're currently the three seed. And they also have, like, a bunch of injuries. I think, uh, like, Drew Holiday's been out. They have a bunch of stuff negatively affecting their team. Whether it's the chemistry, their play style, whatever. Also, Budenholzer, that Hawks team from a couple years ago that everyone thinks the Jazz is this year, that Hawks team is the epitome of what Budenholzer is. He can optimize talent, 
but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, he doesn't know how to use it. That showed last year in the NBA playoffs when they got beat by the Heat. Like, you have one of the top three players in the NBA in Giannis, and you you were able, like, that Drew Holiday trade, I loved it. Because I was like, this is this is great. Now, I will say, the Doc Rivers thing in this in Philadelphia has been great for Philadelphia. That is obviously, like, going to be really hard to overcome, especially when they're playing together. But that's the thing. Philadelphia doesn't play together a lot. They play... Uh, with with like just alternate rosters consistently, their main lineup doesn't play that often because they're resting or or they're injured. And so, why not take advantage of that? And like when the, when their players come back, when Milwaukee's players come back, why can't they go on a run? Why can't they go back to the one seed? I mean, they just gotta they just gotta get ahead of Philadelphia and Brooklyn. And Brooklyn has had their own share of troubles. I know they did beat the Suns last night. Last night when I'm recording this, last night, even with their basically their uh, bubble team with James Harden, and that's it. But, like, they've had their fair share of problems. We've seen it. Um, it's like, why can't Milwaukee? They've, they've, they've been built for it. I just think, for me, the biggest issue with Milwaukee is Mike Budenholzer. I think he's a fine coach, uh, but I just don't think he's, like, that elite-level coach. I would, if I had, like, my, if I could just, like, my, my league this and just put this coach here and that coach there, I'd love to see Nick Nurse with this team. That would be amazing. Nick Nurse's mind with the talents of like Giannis and then the defensive abilities of Giannis and Drew Holiday and the actual stretch ability of the Lopez. Oh, it's just, it's, I'd love to see that, but it's not going to happen. Toronto's got their own problems as well. So <laughs> Nick Nurse, I could probably do a, but I mean about Toronto as well. Yeah. But, but I mean, why can't, why can't, why can't the Bucks go back to the one seat? Uh, my, but I mean, number two, I know Houston is a black hole for NFL players, and they should just avoid Houston at all costs. Just don't go there. It's set up to fail right now. But, I mean, why can't McCaffrey have success in Houston if he does get traded for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> like, McCaffrey has had success with the Carolina team uh, two seasons ago that, like, wasn't that great. And he still had success the few times he was on the field. Thanks for that, by the way, for not being on the field that much when I had the first overall pick in my fantasy league. And I was also able to trade Zeke for him. And you gave me one game with him. And so I really wasn't able to use you at all. And in one of, in both of those leagues, why didn't he make the playoffs? Because I also lost Nick Chubb and I also lost Chris McCaffrey and George Kittle. And I don't want to talk about the other four injuries on my team. And then the other one, I traded Zeke, which was actually kind of a good trade. But my team would have been actually OP with McCaffrey. But we're not going to talk about that. But, like, why can't he have success in Houston? Like I said in the, in the news of the week, like, if that trade happens, Teddy Bridgewater and McCaffrey and a bunch of firsts probably get sent for Deshaun Watson. So, like, the Texans, again, they're not in a great situation. But, I mean, we've seen for, like, three or four games, we've seen uh, McCaffrey and Bridgewater have some success together. Again, that could have been the Matt Rule system. We don't know. But, like, why can't McCaffrey have success? He was able to have success in Carolina with nothing around him. Um and that, I know Carolina's O-line is middle of the pack. It's not high-rated or low-rated. He will be going to a bad O-line with just one good player on it in Trent Williams. Or not Trent Williams. <laughs> with Laramie Tunzel. But, I mean, I just really like watching Chris McCaffrey play. I think he's one of the few just genuinely talented players. He's one of those few players I would pay a bunch of money to at the running back position. Um, and I just think that talent could translate to Houston. So, if he gets traded, why can't he have success in Houston? <laughs> And my last, but I mean, take of the week uh, and of, of this podcast, we're going to go back to the NBA. Um, 
Now, I know that the Hornets are 13 and 15. They're a fun team, but they're a flawed team. And I know the like the biggest player on that team this season has been LaMelo Ball and his rookie breakout and just how much how well he's progressed this season and how he's just showing that he's going to be the star they draft him to be. But, I mean, why can't Gordon Hayward make his first All-Star game in four years? The man is averaging over 20 points a game. He's probably one of the reasons this team is good. I think he's one of the fundamental reasons and why LaMelo is having uh, the development and the success he's having at such a young age because Gordon Hayward is a very mature man. And you, this is one of the things I was talking about when uh, they drafted LaMelo. I wasn't high on it because I was like, I think he's a little too immature, and I think they're in a system that doesn't have a great history with like developing players. But I think the Gordon Hayward, the, the one thing that I kind of took as a positive was like Gordon Hayward's a very mature player. And he could help out LaMelo. I think he totally has. I think Gordon Hayward has probably been the best leader, arguably, in the NBA this year. This team, they're 13-15. What? This team is 13-15. I think they're in the I think they're the eighth seed right now. That's also how bad the East is. But they're the eighth seed right now in the East. They could make the playoffs. That's crazy. That's a testament to Gordon Hayward. I know Scary Terry has, like, he's been doing really, really good. He's a great player for that team. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the same season they draft, you know, a really great player um, who people had their concerns about in the same se- in the same offseason where they also brought in a veteran player who's had great, like, no one no one in the NBA that's played with Gordon Hayward has anything negative to say about him. They all have great things to say about him. And I think there's a correlation there. And also, like, it's not even just his, I, I, I'm talking about him being an all-star, and I've only talked about him, like, helping off the court. On the court, he's showing up, like, Obviously, and also Boston, you can tell Boston needed that spark off the bench. I don't think the Jazz really missed him that much. I, I I miss seeing him in person. I'm not a Jazz fan. But, like, it was kind of cool to watch Gordon Hayward play in person. He was a really, really good player. I got his signed socks, too. I should put those up somewhere. Um, so, like, I, I miss watching him play. But the Jazz basically got, like, if they kept Gordon Hayward, they probably would have drafted Donald Mitchell. So, I think the Jazz are happy. But... Like, the Celtics team is not the same team as last year. I think that's, again, a testament to Gordon Hayward and how he was able to provide a spark off the bench. So he's, I think, front court-wise in the East, he's, like, sixth in all-star voting right now. What other small forward are you taking over Gordon Hayward in the East? Uh, Jason Tatum, obviously. Giannis, obviously. Kevin Durant, obviously. I'm not counting Jalen Brown as a small forward. Uh... I would literally probably only take those three. Now I'm thinking about it. I can't think of any other small forward I would take. I'm not counting power forward slash small forward. If, you're, if your main is a, is a power forward, you're a power forward. Like Pascal Siakam's a power forward, small forward. I would Pascal's a power forward, not a, not a small forward. But like I would take those three. I might be spacing on someone. Again, I don't consider Malcolm Brogdon a small forward. He's more of a shooting guard in my mind, even though he plays point guard. So yeah, like those are the only three off the top of my head, off the top of my head that I can think of that I would take over Gordon Hayward. So why can't he make the All-Star game? He's balling out. I'm happy for him. Good for you, Gordon Hayward. So my three but I means, I know that uh, the Bucks are not even just playing bad. They look bad. But, I mean, why can't they be the one seed? Um, I know Houston's, like, the worst place ever for the NFL players to want to go to right now. But, I mean, why can't Chris McCaffrey have success? And I know the Hornets 13 and 15 and could possibly make the playoffs. And LaMelo's the number one player on that team right now. But, I mean, why can't Gordon Hayward make the All-Star game? He's getting votes for reasons. I'll say that. Um, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys are staying warm. If you guys are in Texas, any of you guys that are watching the podcast or listening, please stay safe. Please stay warm. I looked at the forecast for you guys. It's going to start warming up for the rest of the week. So hopefully all your snows start to melt and you guys can start getting back to normal life. Um, if, if anywhere else in the world, 
if where you guys are, if it's like snowing or the weather's been crazy, stay safe, please. I think the entire country's gonna get hit with a cold front soon, so want to make sure that everyone is uh, in their best situation possible. I'm looking forward to this snow. I'm loving it. I love the, just like the, I love the look the snow gives. I don't really like winter because cold sucks, but I do like how the snow, like how pretty the snow makes winter. So it kind of like balances out. But when the state doesn't have snow for the first two months of the season, it's just depressing outside. So I'm happy that we have snow finally. Um, thank you guys for tuning in the podcast. If you guys want, you guys can check out the links. Uh, if you guys are listening on audio, there's a link to the visual version on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, there are links as well to the audio versions on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And anytime you guys can on YouTube, you guys can check it out. There's a bar on the bottom where you guys can scroll and it's all broken up into segments. So if you guys want to go back and watch a certain part that I was talking about, you guys can do that much easier rather than having to scroll through it. Also, there's a bunch of links for you guys to donate to. And uh, there's some articles there on the BLM movement. If you guys want to check that out as well. Other than that, I'm really happy the podcast is back three weeks in a row. Really excited for next week's podcast. And I will be seeing you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. I'll see you guys in the next episode of the podcast.